Heavenly Father, we thank you for uh, this passage, and we thank you for uh, this first Sunday of Advent and the celebration of the hope that we find in Jesus. We pray that you would speak to each one of us by your Holy Spirit. I pray for those of us who feel the most hopeless at this time, that we would be reminded of the hope we have in Christ. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So this is the first Sunday of Advent, and I love that we do the Advent lighting. Uh, not every church does this, but I think it is important as we look forward to the birth of Christ. And each Sunday, it's a powerful reminder as we light one more candle to see light appearing in the darkness. This is a uh, unique time because this is our first time doing Advent in a COVID-19 era. And so things are looking different, but I think in some ways it even has a deeper meaning. There is a darkness that people are feeling at this time and people are longing for that light. It's appropriate that our first uh, Advent candle is that of hope because that's what people are looking for. People are desiring to have some hope. Uh, we are uh, thinking about the situations we've been in and is there the possibility of hope? Uh, if you think of hope as being the expectation that things will get better, the expectation that there is a, a better day coming, uh, that's the, the basic definition of hope. What does that mean in COVID-19 era? Uh, do you remember back in March? Two weeks to flatten the curve. Do you remember? <laughs> it's been a long two weeks, hasn't it? Uh, as we've, we have been waiting. And so we, we thought at first that it was the two weeks. And then we thought, well, if we can just get to summer, then we would be okay. And then if we could get to September, uh, then things would be uh, getting back to normal. And then, well, maybe we'll just get through 2020, and by 2021, uh, we'll be doing okay. And yet, when we see the numbers, uh, we realize that things are probably not going to get a whole lot better in the next month or so. So now we're waiting for the vaccine. It feels like that anticipation of things getting better is getting pushed back and back and back. And so we desire hope. And the Bible speaks powerfully to this desire for hope. Uh, we might feel that this is a dark time for us, but think about the, the people in first century Galilee in Judea, uh, living under Roman occupation, having a client king uh, King Herod the Great, uh, he might have been great, but he wasn't good. He was a terrible man. Uh, and even his own uh, personal and immediate family were not safe from his violence. Uh, it was a terrible time. And yet, in the midst of that, a baby was born. Hope was born into the world. And we're going to look at how Jesus is our hope giver, a message that we need today. Now, we probably think of hope as being very closely tied to that of Jesus. Um, millions and millions and millions of people today 
have their hope in Jesus. So how do we understand what it means for Jesus to be the hope giver? Well, one way for us to do that would be to do a little word study and just to see uh, how the word hope is used in the Gospels. I was a little bit surprised when I did this search and found that the word hope only appears four times in the Gospels. In fact, three of those four times, it is referring to disappointed hope. So the, the first time is when the religious leaders are trying their best to trick Jesus, they're trying to set up a trap in order to uh, show him to be uh, not someone worthy of the people's loyalty. And uh, the Gospels say that the uh, religious leaders hoped that they would be able to trap Jesus, but of course they weren't able to, so that hope was disappointed. Another time is when uh, Herod the Great's son, uh, also known as Herod, uh, at the time of Jesus' crucifixion, uh, Jesus is sent to Herod, and Herod, we're told, had hoped to have seen a miracle by Jesus, uh, not because he wanted to believe, but because he was someone who just wanted to, to uh, catch a good show, and he was disappointed because he never got to see that miracle. Another one, and this is a kind of a, a, a different kind, it's uh, after Jesus' resurrection, and the disciples on the road to Emmaus, and they don't realize that they are talking to the risen Jesus. They think that this is just some stranger. And they're talking about how they're disappointed because Jesus had been crucified, and things hadn't worked out the way they had wanted. And they explain, ironically, to Jesus, the risen Jesus, that they had hoped that Jesus, who had died, uh, had been the promised one, that he had been, they had hoped that he would have been the Messiah that would have brought salvation. And in that case, it actually was true, but they were feeling it as disappointed hope because their eyes had not been opened. The only time that it's used in a, a different way than that, in a positive way, and ironically, uh, the only time it's used on Jesus's, coming from Jesus's lips, is the passage from Matthew that has been read for us. And this is a, an important passage. What uh, is going on here is Jesus is performing miracles, which people should be glorifying God for, and some were, of course. But the religious leaders were feeling like this was causing more problems for them. And so instead of uh, being thankful for sick people being healed, they are desiring to see his death. And so they begin to plot his death. And so Jesus is aware of that. Can you imagine the discouragement that must have been to Jesus, even as the, the son of God, to know that he is putting his energy into helping those in need and those who are supposedly standing up for the truth, uh, the truth of the law, of the scriptures, of the revelation of God, they, instead of glorifying God, are seeking his death. I think that he was discouraged. And it seems like he, he goes off by himself. But of course, the crowds uh, still want more. They're in great need. And so they follow Jesus. And Jesus begins to recite this passage from Isaiah. And the, the beginning part of this uh, prophecy in Isaiah that he reads sounds very much like what we find at Jesus's 
baptism, uh, where God says that he is his son and he is well pleased with him. And in fact, uh, it's at that moment, at the baptism, that Jesus receives the Holy Spirit, which is exactly what's talked about here in Isaiah. It looks like uh, Jesus is revisiting his call. Uh, He's in a discouraging moment, and he's revisiting when he responded to the Father's call. He received the Holy Spirit, and he undertook this mission. And he is returning to that. And the passage ends with this word of hope, that he would be the one who would bring hope. And that is what Jesus does. But how does that happen? Now, since this is Advent, let's rewind a little bit to the the moment of Jesus' birth. We're not quite at Christmas Day yet, but let's think about what was happening there. Uh, Was there anything obvious about Jesus' birth that would tell people that there was hope. Now we, in our minds, we have this uh, this beautiful picture of the birth of Jesus, and you know we picture the angels all shining around and all kinds of other things happening. But probably in that moment, despite the the virgin birth and all of the other things that were going on, it probably looked pretty much like any other birth. Uh, at that time, except for it was happening in even more humble circumstances than normal. So there was nothing obvious happening there that would tell the world hope was coming. And yet that's the way hope works. Hope begins in humble circumstances. It it begins in a small way, and then it, it expands from there until it takes over. And that's what we find, that in that moment when Jesus is born in Bethlehem, you could not anticipate how many millions of people would put their hope and would find hope in Jesus Christ. And yet that's exactly what has happened. I don't know about you, but I have found 2020 to be really, really hard. It has been tiring. Uh, Not only has it been tiring, uh, it's been redefining us in so many ways. And I can't speak for you, I can only speak for myself, but I've been trying to figure out throughout this year, what does it mean for me to be a pastor in 2020? What does it mean for me to be a army chaplain in 2020? What does it mean for me to be a student in 2020? What does it mean for me to be a parent in 2020? What about a husband in 2020? Everything is harder. Uh, There's so many things that are complicated, and it seems to take 10 times as much energy to do the simplest things. And it is a time when we need hope. And yet there are no simple answers. It's not as if in all of these different areas where we're struggling, If we only just do A, B, and C, that will solve everything, and then we can get back to normal and everything would be good. Uh, There are no easy answers. In fact, that is consistent with both uh, what I find in the Bible and my own experience. Uh, Some people think the Bible gives us simple answers for uh, every area of life, but actually the Bible uh, tells us that life is going to be difficult. And yet we hold on to hope, even though we might not see the reason in the moment. And I've experienced that in my own life as well, that I don't always see the reason to hope. Um, You might remember the last year I had injured my shoulder. 
And uh, I got some frozen shoulder and I thought, oh, I'm never going to regain my mobility in that. And I was feeling pretty hopeless at that time. And yet here I can move my, my arm, no problem. Unfortunately, now I've injured this shoulder. <laughs> and now that's as high up as I can go with this. And even though I know from last year that with that physiotherapy that I'm doing, uh, everything is going to be fine and I'm going to get that mobility back, in the moment, I am feeling that discouragement. Uh, when I'm uh, trying to shave my head and I'm like, okay, I can do this, I can do this, uh, it can be very hard. Uh, and that is where hope is born. Uh, there's tension between the point where we want to be and where reality is right now. And we're supposed to feel that tension. And it's in the midst of that tension that hope is born. Now, hope is, as I said, the expectation that something is going to get better. And yet, hope it can exist even if we don't feel it. Uh, feeling hope about something and there being hope is not the same thing. It's great when we can feel that hope, but hope exists whether we feel it or not. What does that hope look like for us? Well, uh, that hope looks like uh, that uh, the kingdom of God has come in. That was the message of Jesus. The kingdom of God appeared with his ministry. God's reign is here. For us in COVID, uh, we might be thinking about hope. Well, when are we going to get to some kind of new normal? When are we going to get to a point where we can be uh, with our family and uh, not have to uh, feel such loneliness? Well, things are going to get better. I am sure if you went back 100 years to the people uh, who were dealing with the Spanish flu, that they wondered, uh, when was that going to all end? And yet, it, uh, it did end, and it will end for COVID-19 as well. However, there's going to be new problems that will come. Hope will always be there. There will always be something better. And the Bible uh, tells us to anticipate hope in this life, but also to anticipate life, anticipate hope when Jesus returns and the kingdom of God comes in its fullness. One way or another, hope is alive. I'm tired of COVID. Are you tired of COVID? Can I see a, raise, a show of hands if you're tired of COVID? We're, look at that. We're being pretty Pentecostal for Baptists here. This is great. Uh, COVID is going to go away. I don't know when. I'm not going to be uh, making any prophecies, but it will go away. But if you revisit this sermon in five years or ten years, there'll probably be another crisis that has come and we will be weighed down again and we will be tired again. But hope exists. Jesus is the hope giver. He was born in Bethlehem to bring hope to this world. There's nothing obvious. He was just this little baby. There was no, uh, despite what you see in the, on the Christmas cards and everything else, there was no halo shining from his head he just looked like a regular baby. But in that little baby came great hope. He brings hope to, he brought hope to the people of the first century. He's brought hope to Christians throughout the centuries. And he brings hope to us pre-COVID, in COVID, and post-COVID. 
Jesus is our hope giver. We have hope, and Jesus Christ guarantees it. Let us pray. God, we thank you that Jesus is the hope giver. That uh, even though some of us are feeling quite hopeless in the moment, it's hard for us to even imagine what things are going to look like in a year, two years, five years, and yet there is hope. Things will get better one way or another. We believe that that hope will happen and that hope will come in its fulfillment when Jesus returns, when the resurrection takes place and the kingdom of God comes in its fullness. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.